Please stand. And so we begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our health is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave me and forgive my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I am merciful sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have never offended you, and judge me in the Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. What shall I render to the Lord? I will lift up the cup of salvation. Precious in the sight of the Lord. O oh Lord, I am your servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, since we cannot stand before you relying on anything we have done, help us trust in your abiding grace and live according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading today is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our special music today is by the Trinity Choir, directed by Carol McIntyre and accompanied by Betty Sawyer. Goodbye, oh Lord, goodbye. 
very much, Trinity Choir, for that very lovely piece. It's now time for all of the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message today with Mr. Clybaker. So come on up, bring your Mighty Mites this morning as well. The children's message today is presented by John Clybaker, John Clybaker, based on the pastor's sermon. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Awesome. It's good to hear that. Hey, I've got a question. Have any of you ever gotten a gift before? Yeah. yeah. When do you normally get a gift or a present? Birthdays, Christmas. Yeah, that's a pretty common time. Um, lots of folks, we love getting birthday presents, don't we? And Christmas presents, boy, that's a big thing, and that's going to be coming before long, isn't it? Are there any other times when we might get presents or give gifts to people? Can you think of other times? Valentine's Day, yes. That's a good one. Keenan? What's that? Oh, hey, that's a good answer. When people aren't feeling good, sometimes we give them a special gift, right? Definitely. Now, here's a question for you. When you receive a gift from somebody, is it because you deserve it? Boy, I've done all kinds of things and I deserve that present. You don't know? Really? Well, you're right. Typically, we don't deserve those gifts, do we? But why do we give gifts to people and why do they want to give gifts to us? Is it Jesus' birthday? Christmas is Jesus' birthday, yes, and we think about him in that regard and giving gifts. Cordell? Out of their gratitude? Out of their gratitude. How about and love for us, right? We give gifts to other people because we love them, especially on Valentine's Day, right? And Christmas and those kinds of times. Well, God gave us some special gifts, didn't he? What's a gift that God gave us? Presents. Presents? Yeah. What kinds of presents and gifts did he give us? Anybody got some ideas? Yes, sir. I love it. That's the one I was looking for. Austin said he died on the cross for our sins. That was the greatest gift, right? He sent Jesus, his son, as a gift so that he could suffer and die, and we don't have to, do we? Now, he sent us some other gifts, and I, a couple of them that I think are really, really important. Um, what's this right here? Well, the altar's right back there, but that's a gift too. Yes, this is where you get baptized, isn't it? Baptism, what a gift. And the altar, 
Holy Communion for the confirmed members of the church. What a gift. The gift that comes there is the Holy Spirit. Because God sent Jesus to die on the cross, right? That gives us forgiveness of sins if we believe in Jesus and that he rose again. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we get through baptism, communion, hearing pastor preach the word, and through the Bible, reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of faith, right? Those are some awesome gifts that God gives us. Now, I've got a couple of wonderful volunteers, some, uh, a couple of the young men in the church. Guys, go ahead and get in position. I've got some gifts for each of you this morning. And these two fellows are going to, you can just dip into the bucket and grab a couple of gifts. Now, here's what I can tell you about gifts from people. Our gifts last for a while. I'm going to guess that probably the gifts I'm going to give you, some of you, they may only last for five minutes. Some of you, depends upon the adults out there that you're sitting by, they may have to last until after lunchtime, okay? But the gifts that God gives us, which we don't deserve, but he loves us so much that he gave them to us anyway, last forever. And that's the thing I want you to remember this morning. Real quickly, let's say, let's say a prayer, and then you all can get your gift and go on back to your seat. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you loved us so much that you gave us the gift of Jesus as our Savior and the Holy Spirit to put faith in our hearts so that we might believe in Jesus as our Savior. We pray that you'd help us to stay strong in that faith and help us to always remember to thank you for those wonderful gifts in all the things that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go have a great Sunday. The epistle today is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14, 19 to 30. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. 
My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is the word of our Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. And when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Do you begrudge my generosity? The last will be first, and the first last. This is the gospel of our Lord.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is actually not in your bulletin, but one that is uh, separate from that. If in your pew Bibles you want to turn to it with me, it is Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. Mark 10, starting at verse 17. Mark writes, and as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them, again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Here ends the text for this morning. From Tuesday to Wednesday of this past week, I had the great opportunity to go up to St. Louis to the seminary and to attend their theological symposium. And the topic of the symposium, which consisted of several speakers and then a few breakout sessions as well, the topic of the symposium was justification by faith and what that means and what that looks like. And one of the texts that one of the speakers used was this text from Mark chapter 10, in which we have the rich young man who comes to Jesus and asks him what he must do to inherit everlasting life. And Jesus' response is a very ingenious one. You see, he is really setting him up for what eventually comes next in the latter verses. And this symposium that I went to reminded me of a couple things about Luther himself. Luther was once quoted as saying that if ever there was a monk that got to heaven from his monkery, then it was I. What he's essentially saying there is, is that as a monk, I tried my hardest to make sure that I was right with God. I did everything that I could to make sure that this happened and was possible. Luther was famous for, in the confession box, he was 
famous for becoming so disheartened and so sorrowful because he couldn't remember every single sin that he had committed from the last time that he went to confession. And at one point, his father confessor finally says to him, Martin, come back when you actually have something that's worthy of confessing. You see, he felt that he had traded an unforgiving God for another God that could never, ever be satisfied. And there was nothing that he could do to make full atonement, to make full satisfaction for this God who he felt needed to be appeased by him. And so we come to our text for Today, from Mark chapter 10, if you have your Bibles open, please look at that with me. A young man comes up to Jesus and says to him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus begins, as Jesus so wonderfully does, he begins to really steer the people who are listening there in the appropriate direction where they should be looking. Notice that in verse 17, the man's question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus just takes the man at his question and says, okay, this is what you need to do. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. He is giving him the second table, commandments 4 through 10, of the Ten Commandments. Everything that is required by that law in order to be uh, considered one of God's people, to be made right with God. And so Jesus tells the rich young man this, and, he, and the rich young man gets kind of excited. He says, well, Lord, teacher, all of these I have kept from my youth. And you would think, you would think, because it, it's, it's hard to tell from the English, you would think that this kind of a response from the rich young man to Jesus, you would think that Jesus would sort of just lash out at him and be like, no, 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 you've got it, uh, and, and you just got it entirely wrong. Everything you said is exactly wrong. Here is what you have to do. No? In verse 21, it says, and Jesus looked at him, and he loved him, and he says this, you lack one thing, go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. We are to take this first part of what Jesus says with the idea that this is sort of what is hindering this young man from from having that relationship with God, or, for, or at least understanding exactly what it is. His riches, his wealth, is prohibiting him from that full relationship with Christ. And so that's why Jesus says, well, then you need to go get rid of everything so that your focus is entirely upon me. And then in something that the English would not pick up, but we can tell from when it says in verse 21, and Jesus loved him. Uh, this was at the symposium, uh, Dr. J- uh, Jim Veltz, who was the um, 
resident uh, sort of uh, Greek expert, there are many of them there, but he is the one whose book that we use to learn Greek, so there you go. Um, he says this about this particular text. In the Greek, when Jesus says, and come follow me, it's sort of like Jesus is saying, come on, Pookie, come with me. Come on, follow me now. Not, and then you need to come, and then you follow me. No, no, it's just sort of like, come on, Pookie, follow me. Jesus looked at him and loved him. The man goes away in verse 22, disheartened because he had great wealth. Jesus says in verse 23, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Well, because sometimes wealthy people lose their perspective. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Essentially, it is impossible for this to happen. That's why he, he, he uses an impossible example. You obviously can't fit a camel through the eye of a needle. Jesus goes on further. The, the, the disciples, they are exceedingly astonished, and then they ask him a very good question. Well, then, who can be saved? Keep in mind that up until this point, it's everything that they are trying to do. And then Jesus says in verse 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible. But not with God. For all things are possible with God. As Lutherans, we are taught that there is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation from God. We are taught that we are justified freely by His grace alone. There is nothing that we can add to it, nothing that we can say or do or think or however many times that it is. There is nothing that we can do to earn favor with God, specifically to be declared not guilty of our sins from God. And we know this, that this is what we are taught, and this is what we teach and confess, that we cannot make ourselves right with God. And all of that is 100% true. But another one of the speakers at this symposium brought forth another facet of this that was incredibly interesting. He said that even though we as Lutherans believe this and we know this, there is sort of another way that we go about trying to justify ourselves. That this justification takes a slightly different form. And he says it is in how we try to appear to others. And maybe we understand that we are justified only by God's grace alone, that we are declared not guilty only by the Father saying so on account of what Christ has done for us, but we still have a tendency to seek justification and more specifically affirmation to feel good about ourselves from how we try to make ourselves appear to others. 
Perhaps it is, it is trying to be as, as successful at our, at our jobs and at our work as we can possibly be to get that next promotion so that everybody can look at us and say, there he goes or there she goes. There's the executive VP. Or there he goes or there she goes. There is the next so-and-so. Perhaps it doesn't look like that or Perhaps it is how we try to become a better Christian than so-and-so. We come to church on Sunday mornings, and we're looking around, and we think, you know, I, I'm at least better than that one. And I'm, I, I, I don't do what they do. And I live a, a better life than he or she does. Perhaps it's the amount of money that we have or the toys that we have. Perhaps it even filters down to our kids and how good at sports that they are or how good at music that they are. We gain our identity and our self and we become affirmed by how good that they do at whatever it is, whether it's sports, music, school, whatever the case is. And perhaps uh, the one that a lot of us are guilty of, Facebook. How many of you post a profile picture of when you write get out of bed? You don't. How many of you post pictures of your families when you're fighting as families? I've never seen one. I've been on Facebook for 10 years. I haven't seen one. I certainly don't. You see, we still have this innate need and this innate feeling that we need to gain affirmation and our self-identity from somewhere else. And on Facebook, maybe it's, not, maybe it's not the pictures that we post, but it's the statuses that we put and we are looking for validation from whatever it is that we have done. It's the same cycle over and over and over again, we are trying to gain affirmation and our self-identity from something else other than where it should come from. And as that speaker said, he said, we want our lifestyles to be affirmed by God instead of being forgiven by God. And how guilty that all of us, you and I, are of this very thing. We look everywhere else to try to find our self-identity, our self-worth, and to be affirmed, except in the thing that truly matters, and in the thing in which we have actually gained our identity from. I want to read to you from Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. I think that Paul's words to his young disciple here are really quite fitting. He says, but when the goodness and the loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, we poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of of everlasting life. 
Let me just give you the entire point of my entire message today, and then I'll stop, all right? Your self-identity, your worth, and the only thing that truly matters of what you are affirmed by started here. Started here. It starts here and it ends here. The Bible says that, as, that with faith in God is what saves us. The, the Bible says that we are justified freely by his grace. Remember the rich young man. He said, what must I do to inherit everlasting life? And Jesus said, okay, well, uh, do not commit adultery. Honor your father and mother. Uh, do not kill. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. And he gives him everything that he must do. And then the disciples ask a very appropriate question. They said, well, my gosh, this is impossible. We can't, I can't keep all of these. I flunk at these nearly every single day. So then they asked Jesus, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus says, with man, your salvation is impossible. Can't be done. But with God, all things are possible. It is only through God, only through the grace of God, that the law has been fulfilled on your behalf, that you have been justified, that you have been declared not guilty for your sins. And this justification is what you have been baptized into. Romans 6, I have been baptized, we have been baptized into the death of Christ and into his resurrection, not to ours, but to his. And so while we sometimes fail at this, and we sometimes fail at gaining our identity and our, and our feeling of worthiness from everything else except where it should be, here is Jesus, and here is God who has promised, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And you are declared not guilty because I said, that you're not. In our Savior's name, amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so today using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed on the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, he suffered and was buried, 
and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. this time we will gather our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time, uh, whether you are a member or a guest with us, is to sign in in the red uh, sign-in book that is on the inside aisles. Uh, and then those on the window sides, please send it back towards the aisle. And with that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Ladies Afternoon Bible Study Group meets the first and third Monday of each month at 1 p.m. in the chapel. Ladies Tuesday Evening Bible Study meets at 7 p.m. every week at the home of Tony Oberman. The Mount Vernon Ladies Bible Study meets the second and fourth Monday evenings at 7 p.m. at the home of Betty Sawyer. Trinity Children Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 each Sunday in the school. A Men's Bible Study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Sunday, each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several Ladies Bible Studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is entitled, The Latest Polls. Speaker Emirates of the Lutheran Hour, Reverend Dr. Ken Klaus. For times and locations near you, visit www.lutheranhour.org or contact the church office. These broadcasts are made possible by the donations to the broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Please stand.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First of all, for those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Overman, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Elmer Kaiser, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, <clears throat> Dan Haynes, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Landreth Worm, Marjean Clanton, and Larry Kilhoffer. Also for Karen Cly Baker, uh, as she had a fall recently and has some injuries related with that fall. Uh, also for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, for Dan uh, and, and Joan, who will be celebrating 35 years of marriage on September 26th, and for Ray Spray, who celebrates 87 years of life today. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that according to you, that according to your word, that we are justified by grace. Not by anything that we have done, not by anything that we could ever hope to do, but because, Lord, you have become the fulfillment of the law for us and have given to us your perfect righteousness. Lord, we are declared not guilty by you because of your death on the cross and because of your resurrection three days later. Help us, Lord, to, to not find our self-worth and our and affirmation from anything else but in the cross in the cross of Christ and in being baptized by him, which has declared us children of the Heavenly Father. Lord, in your mercy. Yes. Heavenly Father, we continue to pray from all those who are suffering from all of the natural disasters. Lord, we pray that you would grant healing and restoration and that it would be soon. Uh, Lord, that, uh, that you would be with all of those who are Assisting, Thank you, Lord, for all those who have assisted thus far from many different areas. And we pray, Lord, uh, for those folks individually as well as collectively. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for, for the leaders, both in our synod as well as the government level that you have given to us. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, continue... Uh, to give to us wise and God-fearing leaders. Help them, Lord, to make wise decisions for us. Decisions, Lord, that reflect their faith in you, uh, and Lord, so that uh, we might be a Christian nation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also give you thanks for the school that we have, and we thank you, Lord, that you have given to us the children and, and their families that you have. We pray for them and we give you thanks for them and we ask that, uh, that as you have called us to lead them, that as you have called us to teach and to preach the gospel to them, we thank you, Lord, that your word never comes back void. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we also pray for all those who are suffering this day, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially, Lord, for all those that we have named on our health list. Also, Lord, especially for Karen as she, as she recovers from the injuries that she has. And Lord, also for those who are suffering, 
that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we also celebrate with those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. We give you thanks for Dan and Joan upon celebrating 35 years of marriage, and we thank you for them, Lord. We pray that you would, in this next year, draw them closer to you, draw them closer to one another, and in your spirit, Lord, help them this next year to keep the vows that they made to one another. Also, Lord, we give you thanks for Ray as he celebrates 87 years of life. And Lord, we ask that you would, in this next year, help him to draw closer to you. May everything, Lord, that he thinks, says, and does be a reflection of the hope that is within us. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us. We thank you, Lord, that in, with, and under the bread and the wine that, that we receive uh, your very body and your very blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you, Lord, that you are really present with us here today. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. Thank you. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, evil. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting, departs in his peace and his joy. Amen. been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Rystad, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.rystatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you, and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane.
Once again, happy Sunday to all of you. I pray uh, that this day has been a blessed one so far. Thank you very much for coming today. Uh, and I look forward to seeing everybody on Sunday. Remember that the Friends in Christ Fish Fry is tonight at 6, at six o'clock at the home of the Chapmans. Uh, look forward to seeing everybody soon. Thank you.